Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to episode 55 of We Say Things. I said that backwards. Um, I think it's episode 55. I hope it is. Otherwise, this episode's being deleted. Cinderin, how's <laughs> it, it going, 55. buddy? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. It's it's getting warmer, which is nice. We just talked about this a moment ago before we started the recording. We sure um, that, um That my warm is your... What? <laughs> but... My room temperature. <laughs> it's warm here. It's it's yeah. nice weather. That's that's a positive in these dark times. So yes, at least dark, that's something we got. Dark times us. indeed. So this is not this is not a typical thing that I'm going to do, Cinderin. But I actually wrote something based on current events, and I wrote it because I didn't want to go off on a tangent. I don't want to take like ten minutes of this episode. I just want to read this out. You can give your thoughts, and we can begin the episode as normal, if that's okay with you, Cinderman. That's okay. Yep. So, like I said, I'm just going to read this off. I wrote this like half an hour ago. I'm going to try my best not to include politics, <laughs> which I always say, as this is really just about human rights. And I understand that this show is probably an escape for some of you. So if you want to skip this part, I totally get it, but I hope you won't. I feel pretty numb based on all the shit that's been going down just this year alone, as I'm sure a lot of people can agree with. But I feel like anyone with any kind of voice should speak up in support for those that may not be able to. Police brutality in this country is downright pathetic. I truly believe that a small percentage of cops are the bad a- are the bad apples, but as needless killings continue to happen, it's hard to give a pass to the others at this point. I also think that the people looting are in the wrong, using this situation as an opportunity for self-gain and is doing nothing but to detract from what's really going on. In addition, this is where it gets slightly political, apologies. In addition, the leader of this country, among his astronomical amount of faults, has endorsed the shooting of his own people as some kind of distraction from the real issue, which is that the U.S. has a major problem with racism, plain and simple. My heart hurts for black men and women who continue to suffer and to those who have lost their lives needlessly. And I know it doesn't stop there because other minorities experience this too. I'm half Middle Eastern, and I'm lucky enough to have white skin as people just look at me as some white dude. It's how it's always been for me throughout my entire life, regardless of what country I've lived in. So I myself haven't really had much racism targeted towards me, but by being white, it's actually allowed some of those around me, so-called friends, especially in the younger years, to be honest with their true feelings. So especially with things like 9-11, when that happened, the hate towards Muslims took a nasty turn with so many people truly believing the best course of action is to just bomb all the Middle Eastern countries and deport any Muslim American. My cousin, who has lived in the U.S. for 20 years, has brown skin, and I've seen firsthand some of the things he has gone through just to have a normal life. All in all, I believe that the sentiment going around right now, which I completely agree with, is I understand that I will never understand. However, I stand with you. I think at the end of the day, all we want is equality, Cinderin. That's the way that I grew up. 
Everyone should be treated equally, no matter their background. We're supposed to be leading the world. At least that's the mentality that many Americans have. And if that's the case, then it's time to show up. So that is my spiel for today. Yep. I mean, so, I mean, obviously I agree with everything, everything you just said. And I feel like for, for me personally, like my perspective on this will always be a bit different because I don't live in the U.S., right? But I've been there many times. Uh, I know how prevalent a lot of these issues are. Um, but I, I feel like even even despite that, it's still difficult to really to really grasp the magnitude of the problem, especially because a country like the United States, right, is I don't know if we've talked about that on this podcast before, but I feel like it's kind of incredible that it's one country, right? When you consider how diff- different the states are, how different the people are, uh, obviously the problems that you're highlighting are way, are way bigger in some areas than others, um, and it's just like. It's it's kind of crazy. Like, and at this point, I'm not. I've had this feeling this year that, how to say, it, that there's been like this ticking time bomb over this over the states. Like, there's more and more. It's just become more and more tense with what I read, what I hear, people's opinions, and now this just feels like this was the final straw before kind of hell broke loose, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you just gotta hope that things uh, things get worked out and get better. But there's definitely. There's definitely some things to uh, to be wishing for right now uh, in the U.S. And, yeah. Okay. It's it's, a, it's just it's just so <laughs> it's just so complicated. Like, um, it's complicated and simple at the same time, right? Like the issues that are yeah, there, it's, it's just easy to say they shouldn't be there at all. But the root that they have in history makes it doesn't make it an easy fix, right? It's is what it feels like because it's rooted in people's mentality. So you kind of need to beat it down like a weed over time this mentality of this is okay right mm. uh, it just it keeps coming back and you just need to make it come back less and less and less all the time um, but it is really good to see how many people are standing up taking a stance supporting um, and like you said unfortunately it comes to looting and all this stuff but I think that really he- in I mean in a in a sad way that helps highlight the problem right that that is what a lot of people turn to. It's not the kind of thing you're hoping for, and I would never endorse that behavior, but uh, it kind of goes to show what state a lot of things are in that you don't really get to see very much, right? So, yeah. I mean, I I don't leave the house very often, Sindarin, as you know, Mm, uh, especially with the quarantine, but even before that, I wasn't leaving that much. The last, like, three or four years have just been really stressful just to be in America, and yeah. like I literally stopped watching the news. I try my best. Like this issue that's popped up, it's been, you know, it's been a thing forever. It's just gotten, you know, like you said, the camel's back, the straw on the camel's back broke or whatever. But it's just this constant every, with as much as gone on this year, it's it's only fitting that we have more shit to pile onto it. Right. It's just never ending. And it's it's not that America is obviously it's one country, but they have such a huge impact on the rest of the world. And I think that's yeah. Uh also another reason we're highlighting but okay uh so yeah obviously that's not something we're going to do very often as i said it the show is kind of a release for some people i totally understand i get the same thing out of other other shows i suppose we can look at it that way so we'll continue as normal uh yes and with that terrible segue patrons our supporters (laughs) thank you for supporting the show making it happen every single week Cinderin, 
I'll take the first half this time. You can take the latter half. Absolutely. Thank you to Underscore Man, Absolute Sword, Ben Broomhead, Ben Jackson, Chosnek Pizda, DG, Dion Shy Guy, my boy Dop, Dyslexic Lawyer, Fane, Fred the Pleb, not Fred Fred, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls, probably the best one to read, Hoey988, period, and Anonymous. <laughs> then we have <laughs> Magina the Vagina. Really? Very good. Uh, Novi Panda, Onion the Dog. Oh, but it's not that nice of a name. Onion, Loy is a good name. Not the direct translation. I like Onion, though. Poop Feast 420, Pitch Black, Runny Keel, Shark TM, Terry Tip, The Coward, Fellowship of the Ping, and Wooden Aftertaste. And of course, these uh, special shout-outs are for our In Bruges tier supporters, so the ones that uh, give a lot of support to the show, but obviously we want to thank absolutely everybody who supports us on Patreon, and if it's something you're interested in, uh, you can see what the perks are and in which way you can contribute and how much on patreon.com slash we say things if you want to chip in and in case you're enjoying the content. If you're not enjoying the content, then switch off the show regardless. No, if you're not enjoying the content, if you hate it. leave a nasty comment on YouTube because believe it or not, <laughs> even if you downvote it, it helps us. For some reason, the algorithm on YouTube's in there, the more comments, and it doesn't matter how bad it's upvoted. Like it could be 20% upvotes, 80% downvotes. That helps the video show up. So please, any negative comments you want to make, by all means, just don't make oh, it racist because you might get your account banned. This spicy. This will be <laughs> spicy. <laughs> yes. Uh, one more thing before we get started with the actual episode. Uh, and the NBA uh, are talking about restarting the season soon-ish. There haven't been a lot of details. There's a lot of theories on what could or may or may not happen. But there are 30 teams in the NBA, Cinder, and the proposal right now yep. is that 22 of them, with the top 22 records, will continue with some sort of, uh, it's called a play-in series, where it's like a miniature tournament to see who makes the, the playoffs, which mm -hmm. the Suns would be in the 22, believe it or not. We might be wow. 22 exactly, but it doesn't matter. As long as and what about the, the last eight? Why do they not get to play? Because they suck real bad. Uh, oh, wow. That's got to feel pretty bad. Yeah. Being well, in one of those teams. It yeah, Knicks are one of them. It's a very big market team and they're just perpetually terrible. Ownership has a lot to do with that. But yeah, in the coming weeks, I'll be updating you guys. I I get a lot of comments about how much they love me talking about the NBA, especially the Europeans. They really love the NBA. Mm, yeah, uh, basketball is my favorite. So when they uh end up finalizing what the actual deal is, which I'm really excited by, not just for the fact that we get to watch some games, but to see what kind of like we theorize about what they could do to restart the season, right? To finish the season. So I'm just extremely curious to see what they end up doing. Uh, okay, so some updates on Path of Guardians, Cinderman, since we're getting to the dotes now. Mm -hmm. uh, since the Battle Pass came out, not surprisingly, the player base of not only Pog, but pretty much every custom game across the board uh, has been decimated. But just to give people updated on what we've changed recently, uh, we've recently enabled lever protection again which kind of comes with its own set of problems, but we're going to leave it on for now. Uh, we made a bunch of balance changes to certain heroes, and it's helped the win percentage. It's actually really cool to see. Like, you know, you always theorize what you can balance mm -hmm. and what percentage yeah. win rate you want it to be, and to see that actually happen is very cool. I think uh, it's what keeps Icefrog going yes, in these dark times. Yes, keeps him real the... hard in more ways than one. Uh, we also he added... just forgot about some heroes, but that's okay. Yes, he... Wait, what's the worst hero in Dota right now? No, the best hero, I was thinking. 
Oh. The highest win rate right now in pubs and Divine Plus is like 59 or something. It's absurdly high. Pretty good. Pretty good. I think it's Lycan or Visage. Lycan's still up there, really? Yeah. Wow. That's actually Which is funny because the heroes aren't really broken in a competitive sense, but some heroes obviously thrive more the less coordinated the game is, right? And a right. lot of the time it will be the... I won't call them no-brain push heroes because that's like simplifying it too much, but Zoo seems really powerful right now. Like Envisage Beastmaster have really high win rates. That's such a hard summon shit term. Zoo and kill things. Yeah, well, but it really is what it is in Dota as well, though. <laughs> so, so yeah, I still call it the Zoo strat. Uh, yeah. In addition to those changes, we've added daily quests to show up in the game, which is cool. I noticed that. Uh, you can now see enemy hero choices during the pick screen, but if they re-roll, that will be hidden. So it's like a little mind game. I really like the picking stage. I'm very, very happy with it. And Bulldog requested a random button that all it does is random between a unit that's already a, like available to you. Yeah. So we put that's that good. in. I think your, what happened did your if you webcam didn't pick... freeze, by the way? Your webcam uh, is super freeze. Hopefully frozen. it's good. Hello? Here, let me, let me fix this real quick. Wait, what? All right, and we are back after some technical difficulties. Thank you to Bill Gates, even though he doesn't work for Microsoft anymore, for this amazing 2004 update that has absolutely decimated my computer. Why would Thank you, you update to 2004 and 2020, Shannon? That's a great Why? question. I'm just an idiot. So moving that's on to the rest update. of the podcast. That's a down, down date. That's a down date, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, today, Cinderin, should be today, Mm -hmm. Worst case, the next day. We're coming out with version 1.2 for Pog. It'll include the fourth Guardian, which people voted for. It's the Lifesteal one. Um, we also have a new ticket subscription system that will uh, overtake the, the gold and silver passes that are out right now. We're going to add in custom tipping, which everybody's been begging for. You can actually tip Poggers. And there will be a brand oh. new announcer pack. Uh it's actually based off of this hero that we're going to be coming out with at some point, a custom hero named Mifune. And the announcer pack is voiced by an actual professional announcer. Is that you? Voice actor. Not me. <laughs> an actual <laughs> professional. He does work for like I mean, a bunch of anime stuff. He's, I listen to the lines. They're fucking Oh, yeah. You know your fans. Really you good. know your fans. Yeah. They're get, really some, get some anime in there. That's, that's how we do it these days. Get I mean, it. the voice itself isn't necessarily anime. I'm just saying he does anime work, okay? But it's yeah. super legit. And then the last thing, which we haven't announced yet, but in the future, hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll see, we're going to be coming out with a new map. Uh, it's going to be a 4v4. It'll use random draft uh, where you can, you know, more selection of heroes. We will be including our custom heroes on that map only. And it'll be slightly... I say slightly dual lane in the middle. If you can kind of picture it, it's like a dual lane for a little bit, same amount of towers though, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. look forward to that. Uh, okay. So Cinderin, this week, I don't yes. know if you've, you've been on Reddit at all. Oh, I have. The, I the have. Dota subreddit. I would say 50% of the threads that have been upvoted are hating on the battle pass. Uh, 50? Is it higher? 92. 92%. The last so, 8% are anti-mage fan art of the new Persona. That's, there that's have been 8%. a shit ton. Yeah, there have been a shit ton. 
So the, the idea behind the arguments for people hating on it right now, which is kind of what we, it was our first impression, where the value of the battle pass has just decreased, especially the first hundred levels. Uh, what are your thoughts on the community's reaction to the battle pass? I think so. First thing to remember is that Reddit will, how to say, it, Reddit is not a representation of the community as a whole. And I think sometimes people forget that or don't put enough emphasis on it. Uh, like Valve obviously cares a lot about what Reddit says, and it's a really good feedback forum for them. But you need to remember that Reddit, on average, is for the more hardcore players than the very casual ones. Because if you're very casual, you start up the game, you play for a bit of fun with your friends, but you don't visit forums and stuff like that, right? So uh, it's not—it's not the voice of the community. It's the voice of the part of the community that cares the most. So I just want to throw that out there first. Like, always keep that in mind when you read all this stuff. Because this doesn't mean that the battle pass is shit. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't care about their feedback at all. We should just always take it with a grain of salt. So, yeah, the majority of stuff that, from what I've read, my take on it is that the thing people complain about the most on average is how hard it is to get to the cool stuff without paying a lot this year compared to previous years. Um, and... I'll, if you don't mind, I'll just read out Valve's response from today so yep. that we can talk about it in entirety. So this is a quote from Valve today. We've read feedback from the community that leveling feels harder this year. We looked into how things compare so far to last year. For Battle Pass players of all levels, on average, players have earned 1.95% more levels, more free levels than last year. If we consider only players who, after a week, were below level 200, on average, they have earned 7.91% more levels than last year. However, we recognize that players still feel that they wish uh, that they wish playing granted more. So we have a few changes included in this update. Wagering battle points rewards are increased by 50%. Guild contract battle points rewards are increased by 100%. Sideshop gold for recycling is increased by 65%. Sideshop gold for guild contracts and upgrades are increased by 100%. All these changes are effective as of this update for sideshop gold earned through previous recycles. They, we will be granting the extra gold over the next few hours. So Valve came out with this statement and the overall response to that from what I've seen is still pretty negative because people are saying, yeah, the thing about statistics is that you can always bend it to say what you want it to say. And people are like, well, of course, people have earned more free levels because the average player has more time to play because of Corona. Hmm. Uh, so what is that really indicative that. of with the battle well, pass? Can I say one thing? The, the way that mm -hmm. Valve worded this, it's so hilarious. <laughs> It's like the first part of it is like, guess what? You guys are fucking dumb. You're actually getting more <laughs> levels than last time. They're just saying it in the nicest way possible, right? But I actually do agree with the sentiment that in theory, I didn't think about the Corona thing, but that's definitely true. Mm -hmm. People are playing more. But also, you, you, maybe you're gaining more levels than last year, but those levels are worth so much less than previous years. Like so by I think far. what most people feel is a problem, but it's also a bit difficult. Like I'm trying to remember last year's battle pass, and I don't remember how much cool stuff there was in that battle pass either until level 250 or 300. We had this conversation last week, and neither of us did any research to try to remember what that actually yes, was. But, but that's just we who did, we are. So this is my theory. Of course, we'd have to look at it. I remember having the same conversation last time, right? And obviously, opinions will differ based on what those rewards are. Like. I had to get Axe, I had to get whatever the other thing, the custom towers, right? But mm -hmm. I know for a fact the year before that, it was much easier to gain a ton of levels. It was much right? easier, yeah. So last yeah, year yeah. was like the first step 
And I think this takes another step in the direction that they're heading, right? So it just makes it right. you know, a little bit worse than it was. And so, so the thing is here that there's the difference between what is actually happening and what the perception is, right? Because it's entirely possible that there are more levels to be gained from free play. But if it's really convoluted and hard to figure out, people won't respond positively to it, right? Like you could imagine you could get, let's say you could get 25 free levels more than last year. But if it's hard to understand how you get it, or if you need to do really difficult things or play perfectly in the side shop or whatever, you know, all this stuff, and you need to spend a lot of effort and go through 20 different tabs to find every little bit you can squeeze out. Only the most hardcore players will even discover and use these features correctly, right? So for the average player, it might feel like they're getting shafted, even if they're not. And the perception a lot of the time is, you know, as you know, is more important than what is actually going on, right? Like you can do something amazing. If people think it sucks, then too bad. It sucks, right? Um, and I think that's why Valve are coming out with this response. They're like, you know, that what we've implemented so far, you're getting more levels actually on average, but uh, we hear you guys complaining a lot. So we're going to try to make it better, right? And I, I can appreciate that. Um, I just... I'm a little bit with the voice of the community here that's saying that, you know, these stats are probably kind of skewed because of the situation right now where on average, a big part of the player base has more time to play. So yes, they will earn more levels. And it also kind of depends on how the levels are spread out, right? Imagine there's 10 levels that are really quick to get and then the next 90 are a grind. Well, if a lot of people have time to play those first 10 levels really quickly, then you know, the stats will reflect that and be like, yeah, you're getting levels super fast this year. So, you know, it's always a bit tricky. So um, an analogy I just thought of with the whole perception issue where things are fine in theory, just the mm -hmm. way that it feels for people, it just feels horrible, right? Is it the goat one? What? The goat one? The one with whether you fucked a goat and everybody thinks oh. you didn't or you didn't and they think that you do. No, but thank you. We should do that as a Patreon question uh, sometime. Um, <laughs> I think we've I, already had it. <laughs> I feel like how you sidetracked me into goat fucking. But no, um, it was actually not goat fucking, believe it or not. I'm trying to remember what it was because you actually made me forget what I was going to say. No problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm, Cheating water. death from, from Artifact. So if you looked, and this was the argument that Valve people were giving us during the beta stage, you look at the, per, the win percentage of cheating death. It's actually very close to 50%, if not under 50%. But the whole point... And the reason people didn't like it is because it felt really bad as a card. It was not like if you won, you felt like it was just pure luck. If you lost, also pure luck, and it feels really fucking bad. Like it never feels good. Mm -hmm. um, so you can kind of use that same logic on if a battle pass, like the perception of gaining levels. Like for here's an example, right? I, I just remember the last few battle passes, or maybe it was just last year, the shovel, where you can shovel a bunch yeah. of stuff and you get like XP sometimes. I remember getting a bunch of XP drops. Even if they're only like 100 battle pass points, I remember those dropping. Mm -hmm. This time, they changed the shovel to the portal thing, whatever it's called. Yeah. I used them all. I literally got zero battle pass points. I have used four portals, and I've got 1,100 battle pass points, I think. Fuck you. I got a 100 drop and a 1K drop. I think I used four or five. How? How is that I possible? I don't know. I mean... But that's I will the say thing, though, right? like it's... I did get five worthless crystal maiden wheel things from it, but in one of them, I actually got oh, yeah, twenty-five I got battle pass too. levels. So that's how I got all my levels. Oh, nice! That's really good. Thank you. You got a thousand so battle pass. How is that? Jesus! 
Something's coded on my account, I'm pretty right. sure. So let, let's let's just try to look at like this from the community perspective, right? So the biggest issue that a lot of people have with it is, number one, how, again, the perception of how difficult it is to get levels relative to reality. And second, even if you get those levels, what value do they have? Like all the cool shit is from level basically 240 until 575. Uh, so a lot of people were obviously hoping that they could play with a basic battle pass or at least a level 100 battle pass to start and get at least some of this stuff, like one Arcana or uh, at least get the Pudge Persona plus maybe the Anti-Mage one. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of this perception that there's less levels, people are frustrated with that. And now even if they get more levels, the question is, well, can you still bridge the gap? Can you get that close? Can you get far enough? And... Like, let's remember Valve isn't a charity. Like, from their perspective, it, it's not good if all the cool stuff is free, right? Like, mm. the way the Battle Pass makes money is that the cool stuff costs. So you need to find this balance where people that don't have very much to spend spend a good enough amount because there's some incentive for them, and people that have a lot to spend spend a lot because there's like a really cool incentive for them. Uh, and, like, Valve have done a lot of research on this because there's a lot of money for them. them. They're really good with data. Uh, th- well, there's a reason the, say, the price pool's gone up every year, right? This is what I'll. Oh so. yeah, this this is what I'll say to counteract that to a degree. Uh, this was designed not. This is the problem I think people are having. This battle pass is not designed to make you feel good and to get you a bunch of levels and to get you a bunch of arcanas. The battle pass is literally designed to beat last year's prize pool. That is the number one goal of Valve. Pretty much. So any research they've done, I guarantee you a large majority of it has been put into how do we beat last year, which we've talked about this so many times. That is is a problem for not only that, but obviously the scene as a whole. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that we don't reach last year's prize pool, as stupid, as ridiculous that is to say, because I think it will help the scene overall. Because then next year you might have a battle pass that is much more what is the word user friendly it's going to be much more efficient to like purchase 50 60 levels and actually grind a decent amount in theory at least if they go down I'll that almost road. i'll almost guarantee you that the prize pool will get beaten and i know that's not what you want to hear but no i i agree based Valve on can print how money basically yes i know this. they can the first time that they were like oh it's starting to look a bit close then they put in the weekend <laughs> bundle and then yeah. boom right <laughs> so you can always just like, if you feel like it's getting close and you're like, oh, we're going to beat last year or not, you give a cool discount or something, and then people are super happy because they get some of the stuff they didn't think they could afford, and you beat the record and everybody's happy, right? Mm. So you can always... It, they're going to beat it basically as long as they want, I think. Um, so it's more of like a, an ideological thing here, whether it's going to happen rather than whether it's going to happen. That there's it's a about point... should it, we try to make it happen, right? Do you think there's a point where, I mean, they can make more Arcanas, like I'm talking about for next year and the year after, more Arcanas, more Personas, they pretty much endless amounts of that. Yeah. Uh, like the Legion Commander one I saw posted. Nobody gave me credit, by the way. That's my idea. It's an original idea that I came up with, Cinder, the Warcraft 3, okay? Definitely original. Um, but God, I lost my train of thought again. What was Wait, I saying? which one with Legion Commander? Just the fucking guy with the mustache on a horse from Warcraft 3. Oh, yeah. I want that back in the game. Oh yeah, they can so they can come up with all that stuff. But what about immortal items? Do you think there's a point where people will stop caring? Because there's gonna be a point, and it's not that far away, where literally every item slot for a hero, every hero will have an immortal yeah. already. We've already seen immortals that have overtaken old immortals, right? Mm-hmm. 
So do you think it'll be more like less about the immortal items and more on the personas going forward, which is a lot more work for Valve? Or do you think that I'm Possibly, overthinking it? Yeah. You think it not Possibly. Matter, doesn't matter that much? I don't know how much it matters. I feel like the the novelty of new stuff is going to have a place in this game always. Um, so even if an, a hero... I mean, you've seen Juggernaut and his 15 weapons or Axe and his 15 weapons, right? And every time there's a new Juggernaut set, people still really want it, right? Like, which one was it last year? The new... That was an ultra rare, I think. The Juggernaut one. Was it the golden uh, or white one? What was it? No, it was the one that had... What was it called? It had the Hyperstone thingy on his chest, I think. And then... Sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, don't know. Anyway. I think that was an ultra rare in, in something. Um, anyway. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if that, uh, if that really is, is the problem. But like the... The th- the thing about these battle passes for me is just I don't I don't know how representative Reddit is right of this because there's also mm-hmm. in every of these threads there's always counter arguments right like uh, well what do you want are you expecting to get all the cool stuff for free or um, like remember you're a, a vocal minority or um, you know like if if you get these arcanas for free then they're not arcana value right in terms of rarity or if you get them too easily or uh you don't know how much battle pass points how many you're going to get out of the summer event like there's so many question marks right there's stuff you don't know um so so for me the biggest problem overall actually here is probably the level of convolutedness and complexity right that's that's where it gets tricky like is how how complex and complicated can you make things while still having them be rewarding for people where they stop losing track of the fact that it is rewarding um because i feel like if we dig into it really deep and we compare it to last year i'm pretty sure there's not that big of a difference like in reality um yeah but it feels that way and that matters so maybe maybe complexity is too much in this case and you could have made a simpler version without this side shop thing where it's just the recycling of immortals or something like that. And then people would be way, way more, okay, I mean, I see the pattern here and the, and the trajectory and how things work. Or maybe you need it, or maybe it is true and you did need to put some more stuff in the lower end of the battle pass too. And, and it truly is a bit starved. I mean, we both felt that way when we looked at it in the first, uh, last week's episode when we looked at the battle pass, we were like, yeah. there doesn't seem to be that much cool stuff until, but I'm just trying to think like, what did we used to have that we don't now? You still got six treasures at level 100, which is the same as last year. The total number of treasure ones was six at level 100. Um, there were no, none of the really cool cosmetics until level 100 last year either. And most of the cool stuff was in the 300 to 500 range, which is the same this year. So I'm not well, quite if you go, sure what the like, big Looking at the is. graph that was posted on Reddit as well, uh, not graph, but statistics, stats on how many these treasures that you actually get you're right. Up yeah. to level 100 is the same amount, but then yeah. after that, it starts going lower and lower than it, it used to be. It is lower. It is true. It is lower. So quite a bit lower. I, I feel like like there's a trade-off there where I think some people were complaining that the ultra rares and the very rares didn't feel very rare and ultra rare because they were so abundant. Like they were called ultra rare, but their value and scarcity wasn't really for last year. Yeah. Okay. Like, because they doubled and the, the year odds, before. right? I think I was looking at the odds earlier yeah. today, and they literally doubled, like, yes. made it twice as difficult so to get these rares now. There's less treasures, and on top of that, the contents are more rare, the good ones. So they've made it maybe, I don't know how much, 
it's more than twice as rare because you get less treasures. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know how it's going to go. But, I mean, overall, the graph is still going fine as far as I can see. So, in yep. terms of sales. So, no, I, I'm not predicting that they will not make it. I, I completely agree that they will. And if they're in trouble, they can, they always, they'll always have something in the back end that they can just pop out whenever. Uh, but I, I think that's well, bad. What, I don't like that. What do you think? about all this feedback do you feel like people are being too harsh do you feel like it's it's no. accurate like i think it's i mean and what I don't do you think is the biggest on. problem because yeah right but for me for me it's primarily like i said the complexity of it right and the the feeling of of how you get there and maybe there's a little bit too thin in the bottom but compared to previous years it's not that bad uh, maybe it's the treasures that are the tipping point it it's feels possible. Like I mean, that was based the gap on what you between get between a hundred and three hundred, right? That was where the gapping between that with a bit more treasures makes it feel like you're closer to something cool all the time, right? Mm. So leveling up feels meaningful because okay, in just three levels I get a cool thing. Whereas now it's like, okay, in hundred and fifty levels I get a cool thing. So maybe that's that's I mean, it. there's also the subjective nature to it for I can only speak for myself. I'm not as excited for these personas. Uh, as mm-hmm. I was last year, I like. Sorry, I'm trying to remember. It was the custom towers that I absolutely loved. It was the first one, and then the yeah. axe gorilla, whatever you want to call it, the axe thing, yeah. which was really good. This one, we haven't seen what the pudge looks like, so I could change my mind here. But there's been so many pudge items, I don't really care that much. The custom towers, I think, look just worse than last time. The terrain is kind of cool, but I bought the level hundred, so I could actually grind myself to that if I want. But the same time i have monkey king terrain and then all the other arcanas i i don't care that much about wraith king skeleton king believe it or not i don't know why mm. i don't care at all about it i love that hero uh so yeah it for me it's just it's more subjective but i can understand like the right. community complaints about not being able to actually grind unless you start out with level 200 or 300 or whatever the case may be and i think coupled that with the fact that we're in a pandemic where the economic crisis is actually having a toll on people's spending money. I can understand mm-hmm. the saltiness because it it does look a bit greedy from a lot of people's and perspective. I think a, a contributing factor as well is that a lot of people don't really like the current patch. Yeah, so that also adds onto it. So so the grind feels grindier if you feel like a lot of games are just not as interesting or are over too fast where it feels like a chore to even try to win. Um, true. so like all of those factors i feel like probably contribute something um, <clears throat> i reckon we will be getting like based on all of the feedback that people have and how many people are not in love with the patch right now i feel like something big will hit relatively soon i think it should uh and the thing that i'm looking for mainly is, is macro right it's i don't really care that much about hero balance right now to be honest i don't feel like that's that big of a deal it's more about the feeling of when i'm playing a game 15 minutes in uh it needs to be in it's a really delicate state thing right where you want it to feel like the team that's behind can win but also that mm. the team that's ahead has an advantage that is meaningful because they outplayed you for 15 minutes and we've had both ends of the of that scale where in one patch it really fucking didn't matter that was the rubber band patch you could lose the laning stage by 5k and you get that two was great in your back love and then not we having had the, laning stage and i feel like Terrific. the current one is probably the most on the opposite end of the scale we've been almost in dota 2's history at least for many years where if you're 5k ahead minute 15 
you need to fuck up majorly to lose mm-hmm. your lead. It feels like, uh, but again, it, it, who knows? Like it's a feeling thing, right? Um, maybe the stats suggest otherwise that the, the, the data that they have is that, that, well, people come back quite a lot of the time, but again, it's about the perception. And if the perception is that it's impossible to come back, then the mental aspect comes in where people give up because they're like, oh, we can't win anyway. And then tons of games that were winnable are lost by default because the perception of the game is that it's way too hard to win. So then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah. Um, so that's, I think that's really interesting when it comes to games of this kind, how that happens with balance. That poor balance leads to even worse balance because people just make the games more unbalanced on their own. Um, so you got to be really careful with that. Yeah, I hope that gets improved soon. I well, think let, Yeah, I agree. I, it's only a matter of yeah. time. Uh, let's briefly talk about a couple features from the Battle Pass and our impressions now that we've actually played with them. Because before we just, I think it was like half a day before we could, before we had to do our video. So yeah, it was first, just a moment. just some small things like community predictions. Uh, it's Dire versus Radiant. They take a random game, they show you what the skill level is, and you vote which one you think is going to be the winner or which game won. You could cheat as of yesterday, but today. You can't anymore. They're hiding those games. So you cannot cheat the system, Cinderin. Which, not going to lie, I was doing. I mean, they were posting on Reddit, for God's sake, so it's hard not to see it sometimes. But I saw the thread about <laughs> this, and then people called Valve out for being greedy because they couldn't <laughs> find the answer to this. Like, are you fucking kidding me? This is supposed to be a guess. And now you're complaining that you can't just find the answer. Well, it's like, because they're just mad about what? other things, and that's spilling over into I mean, this. Sure. Like, at least give us this, for God's sake. fucking stupid. Like, uh, so uh, that's the whole idea of that. I think is really cool. I like it. I don't know how many. I didn't look into how many levels you can get though. It's not many though. I don't believe you have to go on some major streaks to get some some battle pass points out of that bad boy. Um, let's talk about the side shop. I forget what we were saying. Our initial impressions were, but I think I'm. I think I was on slightly negative, but you know, open to the idea of maybe it being cool. I really don't like mm-hmm. it at all. I really hate it. I think it's the worst new thing that they've implemented in, in the Battle Pass. Uh, it feels like it's horrendous value. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. It, mm. I have a hard time believing it's not true because before you literally recycled your treasure and just get new stuff, like, that's just better. And in this one, in order to get, in my opinion, anything of the red shards, whatever they're called, are worthless. I would never want them anyway. So I literally just go for blue, which means you have to get a level three four cost unit or a level three five cost unit, which feels yeah. impossible with the amount that I have at level 130. feels let's almost th- impossible. Let's just think for a second. So last year you got, was it one treasure for every five you recycled, I think? Something like that. And this year, if you recycle five treasures, you get 300 coins until today where you get 65% more, which is... 100 coins per recycle so you get 500 coins if you recycle five sets so the question is then can you reliably get one gem for every 500 gold by playing correctly and if you can then it's the same as last year but again it's just more convoluted right but that's the math you have to quickly do can you can you get one three-star tier four or a big enough part of a three-star tier five on average that you get one gem per 500 gold. Somebody in chat is saying BSJ had 4,000 gold. How much do you need for 4,000 gold? What level is he? Is he like level 1,500 or something? 
But he ended Don't up getting know. 22 blue gems, which is quite that's a bit. That's way more value than last year. That's 22 treasures. But he's level 1500, I think. That's be- that's be- It's beside the point. It's about the recycling math only we're looking at here, right? Okay. Like, if we're talking about whether recycling is worse or not than last year, and you play the side shop correctly, which is a problem because it's a skill game, and <laughs> a lot of people will not. play it correctly. Yeah. I mean, you can fail at this. There is can, skill involved, but it it's also random. It is playing probabilities only. Yeah, but if you there's a lot of skill in this, actually, like making the right decisions, playing the board correctly, taking the right value option every time. Everybody who plays this makes mistakes all the time, unless they have like an, you know, if you have a program do it for you, it will make the mathematically best. Well, is there any reason to go for anything that isn't a three star four cost or a three star five cost? Yes, if you have enough spaces on the board, you should absolutely try to complete three-star almost anything, right? Because then you can turn that into a consumable bundle that can dig up battle pass levels. Yeah, but you, know, you like, run out of room so fast going for just one level three unit. Yeah. It feels like it's not, a, not worth it. But here, here's the point. I can't tell you. So that means it matters, right? It matters how you play it. You, I can't tell you what the perfect solution is. There is one, but I don't think... So you, like. The vast majority of players don't know what the best thing to do is, okay? Like, maybe there's somebody who ran a script and checked what the mathematically best way of playing the board is, okay? With everything. But mm-hmm. fuck that, okay? It's just like, it's complex, and it's not obvious what your return on investment is because you don't know how many coins you spend per gem. Right. Beforehand, it was like, you recycle five treasures, you get one. Okay, it's a five to one. Pretty obvious, right? Now it's like, well, if 4K gold can be turned into 20 gems, technically, that's way better value on recycling but it is under the condition that, first of all, you can be bothered playing the game. <laughs> Secondly, it's that you play it well enough. And third, is that you understand that this, that's the system, right? So, and there's luck. And you're going to feel like, man, I had so bad luck. And that's frustrating because you're like, well, last year I had a guarantee that yeah. I would always get one per five. And I was like, well, if you had a bad streak, you feel like it's unfair what, as fuck, right? What's the so. reason, do you think, from Valve's perspective that they did this? Because it is convoluted. It makes the battle pass mm. just more complicated in general. It feels bad. In most scenarios, I would say, the only thing I can even remotely think about, which I can't see even being a positive, is it's in some way an advertisement for underlords. I I don't see that working. Not sure. Like what what's the benefit from Valve's side for doing this? Like making things like let's say it is a better value. Nobody feels that way though. You know? Again, we're coming back to perception. So what's the I goal th- from Valve? I think it's cross-game marketing. I think that's one of you the main things. You actually think that's to, what it is? Yeah, okay. I, I think so. I think they're they're looking to... From their perspective, this might be a win-win, right? There's Dota players that get into this minigame and are like, okay, I mean, this is kind of fun. And then they try out Underlords because of it. And there's Underlords players that are like, I'm familiar with this. I, I'm good at this. So doing this in Dota is, is something I, I've done for a long time. So I don't mind this at all. I, I, mm. That's what I think anyway. Um I just had one more thing I thought about. Then let's move on in this whole math thing uh, about this shit. It says TI-10 Immortal Treasure for one gem. That is any of the three treasures, right? Uh, I assume so. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. I'm guessing the probability split is the same as within a trust of the benefactor, where you're way more likely to get a tier one than a tier two than a tier three chest. Um, Or treasure one, then two, then three. 
So if that's the case, then it, for now, uh, when you recycled five treasure two last year, you got a treasure two. And when you recycled five treasure three, you got a treasure three. You got one of the same kind. Now you don't have agency over which treasure you get. So when we get to the later tiers and you spend gems, on average, this whole thing with, oh, you got 20 treasures might not matter if treasure three is assigned way more value than treasure one in the community's mind, right? Because it has the hardest to get stuff because you get least of that treasure. So it's, it's possible that's cute. Do you know what I mean? I do. I'm just trying to remember if that is the case, if that was the case or not. Because I remember you, wasn't there a way to recycle and get that thing that ends up randoming out of the three? The trust of the, ben- or, I forget what it's called. Was it called Could trust you recycle of the for a trust of the benefactor? I don't, I don't remember. I, how do you get those? How would you get those then? Back in the day, I think they were level uh, level. Uh, they were just in the battle progre- pass. progression rewards. I think you got them okay. at every X levels beyond a point, or something mm. like that. Okay. Um, but yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, Again, last we're thing. kind of reiterating the conversation, right? Where it's the complexity. I mean, the, that's... the whole yeah, the whole idea behind this, the fact that it's taken so long to even explain what the fuck it does, is because it's too complicated. <laughs> for God's sake. All right, the last thing, what do you think of guilds? I've really enjoyed it. Oh, by the way, thanks for abandoning our patrons, by the way, but I want to do say this out loud. Uh, I was going to make one for my Twitch subs, but the <laughs> the for some reason, Suns fan or whatever the equivalent would be that fits into however many characters it is, was taken. Every mm-hmm. iteration, even horse was taken, for God's sake. Oh. Even horse with a zero instead of an O was taken. Luckily, Bruges was not taken, Cinderance. Oh, so yes. anybody that is in the in Bruges tier for the for patrons, uh, come on our Discord. Just let us know if you want to join. We have 20 out of 50 right now, so we still got a lot of people to fill in the extra slots. But I, the guilds are really cool. You have to play with three mm-hmm. or more people in order to get the, the guild quests, but you can have your little individual ones as well, which I've been lucky enough to get Pango literally every single day. Just been a real nice. dream playing the one hero that I enjoy playing, Cinderin. Uh, but what has it been like from... Is your guild full? Yeah, has so what we talked about... Guild? We talked about this last episode, right? We were like, um, so what are we going to do about guild? And I made a guild for my stream, and then I left it very shortly after, because I was like, You're wait. wait. I, I was like, wait. So this guild system, you're playing party queue, and I was thinking, if I don't play in a guild with people around my bracket the games are going to be unenjoyable for everyone right so it's Mm -hmm. better to play with people around your skill level but i haven't played a party game in my guild yet like i feel like people just will will just play now people will just play party games with whatever and just play fun games right rather than play ranked games or play high skill games to reach the goals it's just about having a good time and chilling so it really doesn't it doesn't matter that much actually so, like, my interaction with my guild has been minimal. I think my read on it was just a bit off about it. And so, what you're saying honest, is you'd like to join thing. the Bruges guild? Now. I could, I could join the Bruges guild. I really could. I could ditch Church of Babayev. <laughs> I saw that. I was wondering if that was Artizi's actual guild or not. It's an it's a guild dedicated to Artizi made by Zai. Oh, it's actually made and by Artizi is also in it. <laughs> It is the RTZ guild. You asked if it's full. It is. It is full. But again, this guild doesn't only have high rank players, (laughs) I think. Or well, maybe it does by now. Wait, I'm just scrolling through it. When I was looking through it, it was like a lot of pro players. Everybody's immortal. Okay, there's one guy here. 
someone who is an archon. Oh shit! But, and a couple of legends. Oh, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, I'm I'm guessing those are like real life friends, right? Of Arteezy or something like that. So those are the guys yeah, that the paid the part, big bucks to get into that guild. Let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. So let's let's focus on whether this is a good feature or not. I think it's really good. Um, I think it's I, fun that you can group up with a group of people to work toward goals that feel meaningful. Yeah. And this is where the progression to me, this is probably where the progression is most transparent, right? With <clears throat> what do you need to do to get somewhere that gets you something concrete? Like mm-hmm. the extra side shop bench slot. It's super obvious. You have to do guild quests. You do enough. You get this reward. Then you can talk about whether that reward is attractive to the average player. But it's pretty clear what you need to do to get somewhere. So this to me is way less complicated than the side shop in itself. Yes. Right? And you select these contracts and... It's fun interactive content. It encourages playing together, which is a really good thing. You know, you have to do play as a party of three or more to do the guild challenges, which is nice because then people hang out and it becomes a bit more social. Um, so th- to me, this out of the new stuff in the battle passes is the best implementation they've done Yep, uh, this year by far. Um, and now they can improve on it and maybe even make it something outside of battle pass as a possibility. This is kind of a test run for how this thing works. But I think Could it's be been part the most of Dota Plus. Thing. Dota Plus could use yeah. all the features they could get. I, I really like this as well. The only thing that I would say is a slight negative for me, and I don't know how you would even fix this, uh, is the fact that you have to have 50 people in order to get your quote-unquote money's worth. Like Maybe there would be a way to scale it based on how many members are in the guild to begin with or mm. lower the amount. 50 just seems like a lot, uh, at least for me. I was I actually going to say, I feel like the guild should be able to be bigger. Well, I think... If you want to make it bigger, it should scale then, right? Because yeah, right now... Dynamic it, scaling is not a bad idea. If if I want to get all these things, I have to have 50 people and I have to have all of them playing consistently, which yeah. is a bit of a bummer because I have some friends that want to be a part of it that just don't play Dota. They just want to be a part I of the I could easily center. see something like dynamic scaling where the the minimum best is 20 or something, where if you have a guild with 20, mm-hmm. you can now get maximum points. Um, but Okay, yeah. And then it can just scale upward and the rewards scale with it or something. Because I think a lot of people would love to have bigger guilds, like big streamers or, uh, you know. I mean, honestly, when you think about it, who benefits from having guilds bigger than 50? The vast majority of it will be big streamers or personalities or pro players or whatever that have reach. For the average player, it doesn't really matter. Like if you're making a guild just with your friends, the chance that that's 50 big is pretty small. So yeah, maybe the sizing is actually okay. But the dynamic scaling is still a good idea, I think. Okay. Well, that is the Dota stuff for this week, my friends. Uh, so what I want to do, Cinderin, for this mm-hmm. episode and forthgoing, when we talk about the greatest game artifact beta 2.0, since You're there is use a so much, voice? I could. I could talk like this all day long, if you'd like. Uh, since there is so much information, and I know a lot of people don't like us to talk about it in general, but this is, of course, an esports podcast, which you could argue Artifact is not an esport, which you'd probably be correct. Um, <laughs> it will be. And I still don't have access, by the way. Sad tears. Uh, I thought it would be cool to talk about like two things, two cards a week, just so sure. we can slowly catch up. I, it's, it, I like theory crafting, especially if it's the fact that I haven't really played it yet. So... Mm-hmm. A card, a hero that came out today, Cinder. Nick's Assassin, as we know, uh, was voted in. He is a 3-4 black hero. Comes with an active ability called Vendetta. 
has a three-round cooldown. Move to a position in any lane. Nyx Assassin sneak attacks the new unit blocking it with plus three attack. Sneak attack means a unit deals its attack damage to its target in a one-way battle. Combat attributes such as armor, retaliate, and piercing are applied. Uh, he, so it's an instant attack out yes. of turn, basically. Right. So essentially, he'll do six damage since he starts with three uh, to whatever. And they unit don't hit him back with anything else than retaliate. Right. It's a one-way attack. It says it's a one-way battle. Wait, combat attributes such as armor, retaliate, and piercing are applied. I thought that meant from his perspective, from an offensive perspective, but maybe not. Um, Wait, but he can't use retaliate offensively if the enemy unit doesn't not hit attacking. him back. Right. Okay, you might be right then. So maybe it's applied both ways. Like the defending unit has armor and retaliate and Nyx has piercing. And mm -hmm. then it does the math and it's a one-way attack. I think that's what it is. That's what it's uh, He also comes with a signature card, Spiked Carapace, a one-mana cost card. Choose Caster. When taking damage this turn, reflect damage back, stun its source until its next combat, then purge enemy effects from this unit. What do you think of this hero, Cinderin? Sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it sounds fun. It sounds really topical for uh, for the black style from at least the last patch, or well, half a year ago. Uh, in the in this new game, it seems like the the pace will be ramped up quite a lot. So I think this could be a really fun card, just because of how active it seems like it it wants to be. Uh, but the three turn cooldown is a little bit long, I think. But that ability Maybe. is crazy. You move it is anywhere you want. Good. And it's six yeah, yeah. free damage. That is insane. It is clearly an amazing ability, but it's just it's hard to gauge how good it is because it's a three-turn cooldown. And it seems like in the cards that are coming out, the <laughs> cooldowns are pretty short. Yeah, cooldowns gold generally are really about quickly. two so, rounds for the most part. But you yeah. move to any position on any lane. So I, I think this is a is, crazy good ability. It is insanely good, clearly, the ability. It's just about how good Senator, it is. I don't know if you heard people. me. This ability is insanely good. Fucking crazy, man. <laughs> All right, this next card. This one makes me more excited than any card that I've seen in Artifact 2, Cinderin. His mm. name is Rix Oathbound. So if you guys remember, there's a guy named Rix. He was a green hero. He's still a green hero. And he was absolute garbage. He had low stat line, but he had a continuous effect called rapid deployment, which means he wouldn't have to wait an extra turn when he died. But he was fucking garbage. This is Rick's Oathbound. I don't know what the lore behind him is, but I'm sure it's great. He comes with the same rapid deployment, but he also, on deployment, gives your allies plus one siege, which means they'll end up doing one damage to the tower if they're blocked. I think it works, actually, if you're not blocked anymore as well. Yeah. He is a 3-3 unit. He is colorless, by the way, Cinder. I don't know if you knew that. He does nope. not have a color. He's the only hero in the entire game that has no color. Um, he also comes with a second continuous effect where he gets plus three damage. So essentially, he's a 6-3, but he mm. is silenced, thus the name Oathbound. If you remember but the card, why does, oath. It, why does it matter that he's silenced? What do you mean, why does it matter? If he's colorless, he can't play cards anyway. Well, the way that I looked at colorless, and I, I don't know how this works because I haven't gotten to play with it, obviously. For me, colorless means you can play any card. I mean, I could be wrong, unless you want to call it rainbow or something. Like when somebody but says that a doesn't card matter is if you can't unsilence him anyway. 
Right. That's my question is, can you purge that effect? Because uh-huh. why wouldn't it's they have the three damage? Effect. Right. So that's I why I, I assume you can't do that. So why not just give him that six damage to begin with? Why add that as part of the effect? I, I don't know. Don't know. Uh, but his weird. card is a three cost card. Uh, something we didn't talk about before. Improvements have been changed to in, be called enchantments. They're actually yeah. exactly the same as before, except you cannot cast them on another lane. It has to be in the lane that you're casting it. So this is a three-cost card, signature card for him called the Twisted Path. It's an enchantment, enchant tower. Uh, has You can activate it once per round for one mana. Choose an ally. It battles the enemy tower. Slay that ally. Dude, this is the fucking coolest card ever invented. This hero sounds so fucking cool. All my decks were aggro. This guy will be in my aggro deck. When I eventually play in two years, when they give me access, yeah. God Almighty, Cinderin, this excites me. Like it's it sounds it sounds pretty cool. Not gonna lie, but it also I think so. So how do you use this card? Well, improvements, if you remember, can be cast while you're silenced. while silenced. Because okay. as a very aggressive player myself, Cinder, I played aggro black red. Okay, three black, mm-hmm. two red. And you would put the oath in a lane, which increased, and it's still in the game. I think it's the same stats. It might be a little different. It silenced everybody in the lane. And if you have a black hero in the lane, it gives everybody four damage. It was massive, but you're silenced. But heroes like Tinker were really good because you can cast your improvement while being silenced. So that's how it works. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure how colorless works, though. I'd be interested. I'm sure they'll have more in the future. So those are the two heroes that we went over for this week, next week. If you guys want... To comment in our YouTube, just let us know who you want to hear about because there's plenty. There's so and many. And if you hate posts. Artifact, make sure you leave a comment saying, I hate Artifact, so we get more traction on our videos. Yes. Thank you. Do us a favor. Either way, guys. Uh, so Valorant, Cinder, <laughs> I know you're very something. excited about this. It's being released. Mm, yeah. uh, as of this recording, it's released everywhere but the US, I believe, which it will be in a couple hours. Uh, comes with, obviously, a bunch of patch stuff. Sage has been nerfed slightly. Um, Jet, who I'm trying to explain this to somebody who's never played before because you still haven't gotten your key yet. But luckily for you, it is free to play, so you can actually play right now. Now that oh. I think about it, uh, Jet was a hero that people would pick and people would get angry, Cinder, because she is a very selfish hero. She's all about just killing heroes. She doesn't help her team. But now her so techies lasts, basically kind Perfect. of. She was the techies of of that world for sure. She now has a longer cloud, lasts a lot longer, so there's actual utility to be had. So that's good to see. Um, changed a bunch of other stuff. They included a new map, which I have yet to play, so I can't really comment on that. They've restructured Split, the mid-area of Split, which I think was such a shitty-ass map, but it sounds like it could be better now, so we'll see. But the big update, other than the new mode, which I guess I should have mentioned, new mode, Cinderin, it's like a turbo mode Valorant, where... Two teams, It's you play three rounds on each side, but it's first to four rounds wins. And in the normal game, there's ultimate orbs okay, that you can pick up that give you a point for your ultimate, so you can eventually get it. These ones are like wild cards. They give you different stuff. So you can get like extra damage. You can get your ult right away. It's like a really fast-paced mode. It seems kind of cool. Um, but the big update is the new hero, which is named Reyna. So I was hoping that you'd do me the honor of reading her skills, Cinderin. She is a duelist, 
which is similar to Phoenix and Rays. And I'm trying to remember if there's another one. Basically, it's a very selfish hero that doesn't have a ton of utility. It's mostly for fragging. Would you like to talk about each of her skills? <laughs> yes, I am very familiar with this game. So <laughs> reading this out, I will easily be able to decipher what's good, good. and what's bad. Good. So our first skill is called Devour. Uh, it eats a creep and gives bonus gold. <laughs> Second skill is called Dismiss. Um, it, breaks, it breaks the tether with your target, so then you're not together anymore. Third skill is called Leer. Um, it lowers the defense of the target Pokemon. <laughs> and then finally, her ultimate Empress turns her into a different character from a different video game. <laughs> turns her into techies, pretty yes. much. All right, I will go over the skills, Cinderin. Um, okay. I mean, you you know how the game works, though, right? Like most heroes have some sort of utility. Uh, obviously, a couple have heals that are Shoot gun super broken. And people die. Yeah. And then so, you use spells. Her first ability is actually called Devour. <laughs> uh, enemies killed by Reyna leave behind soul orbs that last three seconds. And you can choose to instantly consume them. And it's either you gain health back to your normal or use your other ability to make yourself invulnerable temporarily. Uh, but you have to go pick up the orb after you kill it. And they only show up when you get the kill. So this skill is all based on how well you're playing. So if you're not killing people, you literally can't use this skill. And you don't uh, get anything for assists. Right. You don't get anything for assists. Uh, she has okay. another ability called Leer. Like you said, it's essentially a flashbang. It's their own. It's like this thing that you can shoot through the wall, uh, and anybody that looks in the direction will get their vision impaired, but they can shoot it and kill it, and then it goes away. But it seems like it's based on what I've been watching, which is very brief amount of stuff. Seems pretty good. And then the ultimate, she goes into a frenzy, increases her firing speed, her equip and reload speed dramatically, and it lasts for a certain amount of time. And if you get a kill, it refreshes it. But in addition to all that, this is the craziest one. I think they might change. So if you eat an orb off of somebody <clears throat> like you did before, but while you're using your ultimate, not only are you invulnerable slat, or you get health, but you will become invisible for a brief period as well, which is pretty fucking crazy. So interested to see how that hero works out. It seems really selfish. So I'm not mega excited to see people pick it that. Seems, it seems the closest to a hero in the Warcraft mod for Counter-Strike. That's oh, what this reminds so me of. it so long since I've played that. It's like her, her codename so, was Vampire, just to give you an idea. Right. What was it that you could have in the Warcraft mod in Counter-Strike? There was Human, which had invisibility mm -hmm. when it was standing still or something. Undead? And there was... Yeah, then there were some that had move speed and some that had higher whatever. Anyway, I don't know. It just reminded me of that for some reason. So in addition to that, Cinder, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about briefly because I don't think we talked about this before, but there's no ranked yet. Uh, they're mm -hmm. resetting it and then a couple of weeks are going to come out with it. But I wanted to talk about the naming convention. Did we talk about this before? No. Because it's hilarious. So the Valorant ranks... Uh, which I got to platinum too, by the way. I was very proud of myself. And then I plunged into the darkness. But the way that it ranks up from worst to best is iron, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, immortal. And then the highest rank is called Valorant. What do you think about that? I don't mind. Really? Yeah. 
It's fucking horrible. What are you talking about? It's like literally the worst name you could pick. I think the highest rank in Dota above Immortal, there should be like a rank above Immortal that's called Dota 2. <laughs> All right, good. I wasn't sure if you were trolling or not, but that... that I mean, I, honestly, I'm not too mad at it. What is a Valorant? Let me let me just look up what it means. It's not a real word, I'm pretty sure. It's Oh, it's, the word doesn't even exist. Yeah, it's based on the word Valor, I assume. Okay, you're very so you Valor. Valorant. You're very Valorant. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not great. It's not terrible. But I mean, the biggest problem is it's the name of the game, right? So yeah, well, yes. It's, like, it's just confusing when you talk about it. What do you mean the main reason? That's literally the reason it sucks. You're, you're saying, what rank are you? I'm Valorant. No, I, I know you're talking about Valorant, but what rank are you? I'm Valorant. No. You see how this conversation will never end? Anyway, to update you, Cinderin, they will be changing yeah. it. They have and here's the catch the top <laughs> rank will actually be called dota 2 so then yes. people are like what rank are you i'm dota 2 but we're talking about valorant yeah i'm dota 2 it's the best there you go how much okay here's a real question for you i love these hypothetical stupid questions how much money would valve have to pay i know they would never do this but just in theory mm-hmm. how much would they have to pay riot to make the highest rank called dota how much money? Like legitimately. Are we talking like a billion dollars? Is that even I am, enough? I am a Dota. <laughs> Give me a oh, number. I can't Cinder. fucking carry these immortal plebs. I wish they were Dota like me. <laughs> what, a sh- what a shit question. Like, how am I supposed to answer that? Just please answer. $200,000 million. Is that $200 trillion? Is that what that is? Or $200 yeah, billion? Something like that. Okay. Uh, moving on, <laughs> I think we'll just talk about this one here, Cinder, and we'll, we'll leave the yeah. next topic for another week. Uh, SpaceX, okay. if you guys haven't heard, it was one of the few good news things this year, it feels like. Yeah. Um, they sent a few people into space, and it's the first time a private company has done so. Uh, very fucking cool. Did you watch the launch? Did you keep up with any of this? I, I did not. But I did hear that it was successful as well. So that's good. Yes. Elon no, I Musk watch it. I probably should have watched it. Over the moon, Cinderin. Hey. He's over the moon. How long until we go to Mars, would you say? This is another great hypothetical, Shannon. Yes. Uh, Dota 2, I think. So I, I recently watched a Netflix series. It's like a half documentary, half show called Mars. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was just called Mars. But it's very interesting because after we went to the moon, it felt like Mars was the next step, right? But it took so many years, and then obviously any setback that you have, the public perception will matter a lot because for NASA mm-hmm. especially up to that point, the government was the funding fact, like the people funding them, right? Yeah. And then Nixon took over, and he didn't give a shit about going to space at all, right? So that sets mm-hmm. them back years and years and years. So... We're finally getting to a point that where private companies can go into space. I think this will change a lot in terms of um, space exploration. Now we don't have to worry about governments necessarily. I mean, I'm sure they will still be involved, but you can get private private enterprises. You, but the problem with this center, it's a slippery slope, right? You go to the moon, you go to Mars, you set up a base, make sure all that shit works. But then who makes the rules for something like that? You know? Yeah. Private companies can do whatever the fuck they want. They're going to go for the bottom line. They want to make money. They want to mine those minerals or whatever the 
Did you did you ever play Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri, Shannon? No, that's old school. Was that before? Was that after God Civilization Two? Absolutely fucking got to your game, by the way. Yeah, it's after Civ Two and before Civ Three, I think. Tell me about it. Fucking, it's a game where just like the Civilization games, uh, there's like different instead of countries, there's kind of factions. So, uh, humanity lands on Alpha Centauri, which is the closest star, and then. The factions have different ideologies. There's ones that focus on economy. There's ones that focus on religion. There's ones that focus on um, politics or peacekeeping or whatever. Um, ones that focus on science. Ones that focus on military. And then you're fighting over the planet and its resources, basically. Um, it's just it's kind of like that, right? Like if if humanity, if just you just imagine that everybody like that that it's possible to to populate Mars and different countries have access to it, then suddenly you're going to have a different kind of like political situation than you do on earth because the whole framework is different. Right. Mm. Like you said, with resources or whatever, uh, being different. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting. that by the way, if you guys haven't played that game, if you, if you don't mind playing older games for graphics or whatever, the gameplay and the, the feel of that game is so damn good. Alpha I heard Control a lot of, good of my favorite games. It. Yeah. It is so good. But uh, so that's just a tip. But finishing up on the space want. topic, I think we're I think we're four years away from putting a base on the moon, or at least that's the goal. And after that, the sites are set on Mars, Cinderin. So I would say maybe ten years after that, twenty thirty four, let's say, we'll have a base mm-hmm. on Mars. I'm sure that's we'll all be bold, dead from that would, other things. That could by have been that. a bold prediction for your last uh, bold prediction segment we had. That's true. I could have done that. Well, this is part two. Okay. Let's finish up with the... Wait. Yes? You know I like to stop you. Yes. Who has been in space? So you said this is the first private enterprise into space. So who? which countries have been in space by now? A lot. I don't know. Russia, India, US. I'm sure some Nordic countries. China. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Quite a few, I'm sure. Anyone else? Someone in chat is saying Japan? Bulgaria? Actually? Bulgaria, really? Bulgaria? Okay, I don't know. I was just curious because, yeah, this private thing, obviously, with uh, with SpaceX is a thing. The question is what other countries can follow suit, right? Hmm. Or is this just going to be for the next decade, only SpaceX will be a private company doing this? Uh, That's what I'm curious about because... I'm not going to pretend to know about it. There's very limited people and countries with access to even doing this. Right. I, I, there so. is competition for them, I believe, with other billionaires. It's basically like a billionaire uh, competition. That's what I feel. The first yeah. person to get to the to get to Mars, essentially. Yeah. And as we know, billionaire competitions. That's where the U.S. can really shine. Yes, good. that's true. They're very good at taking care of that 0.0001 percent. All right, Patreon mailbag. We'll do this top one, Cinderin. If you'd like to give the old whirl. Read it out. Yep. So we've got a question from King Tip. It says, question for the mailbag. What version of a hero was the most broken? What hero this patch do you think is undervalued and actually might be broken after a small buff? So I guess this is kind of two questions in one. But that's okay, because we can do this one pretty can I, the let most me take broken the, hero. Let me take yeah, that one first, because I'm sure it'll yeah. be the same answer. Although I did not yeah. play this patch, so mm-hmm. I don't know if that counts. But it was maybe like six months before I started playing Dota 1. Ricky had a death ward. So you essentially, I don't remember what his other abilities were, but you essentially put down a death ward, think of Witch Doctor, not channeling, 
And then it's just Ricky running around yeah. shitting on people. He's my second place. Really? Ricky. Okay. Yeah. Who you got? So he had permanent invisibility and, like you said, an unchanneled death ward uh, that he just put on. And I think he also had smokescreen, which slowed and blinded back then. Mm-hmm. I think so. So some like that. Okay. The most broken hero of all time is Gambler. Um, and he <clears throat> he wasn't in the game for very long, but basically broken. his spells interacted with the amount of gold he had. So he had an ulti that could deal on level three. I think it could deal between one and your current amount of gold capped at 2,500 to a single target. Mm. Uh, and there was 20% chance you would lose all your gold. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But he had a passive ability that allowed him to get shitloads of gold from killing creeps, so you could very easily get a lot of gold, and then you could just run around one-shotting people if you were lucky. Uh, I mean, broken doesn't necessarily mean that the hero has an insanely high win rate. It just means that the concept is broken, right? And that was fucking broken. That's true. That's one way to look at it. That makes me want to recreate a version of Gambler and Pog. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we can make that happen. Actually, you know what? Fair hilarious. point. I just saw someone in chat write this. This was a thing in Dota 2, and maybe a Dota 1. He wrote the patch where Enchantress could take over Roshan. There was a short, <laughs> there was a one yeah, day bug in Dota day. 2 where Chen could persuade Rosh, or like two hours. That was the most broken hero ever. He could take Rosh and just run down a lane. That was. I want to. What's the win percentage though? They could have lost for all you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, taking over Rosh level one as Chan would be pretty busted. So yeah, yeah that's good. my favorite. Pretty good. Uh, what hero? So in this patch, was undervalued and might actually be broken after a small buff. Uh, I feel like that's a bit tougher. Um, because I don't know what you really mean by undervalued. But I think if it's from a pro perspective, it's probably something like Visage, where the hero has really high public win rate but it's not really that good in pro dota necessarily but then if it gets pushed just a little bit that might push it over the edge so i think visage is my i'll my tell you what's not undervalued from a cosmetic perspective remember when last last week i said the night stalker effect was mm-hmm. really bad i'm gonna make an addendum to that if you don't okay. mind because I, sure. I played against it today it is literally the worst effect any hero I they have ever come out with. It is so fucking bad. It made me angry. Angrier than normal seeing crippling fear being used on me. But with these <laughs> stupid swirling sperm trying to attach it's themselves crippling to Crippling anger. <laughs> the crippling sperm is what they should rename it to. Uh, really fucking bad. Not sure if you've seen it yet in game, Cinderin, in practice. Mm-hmm. Is that a yes? Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, I yes, demoed that's it, why. but I haven't seen it in a game. Yeah, just wait. Used. Just wait uh, until that day. All right. That brings this episode of We Say Things to an end. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting Cinder. And have you seen In Bruges? Oh, I'm using Crippling Fear right now. It, it looks okay. I don't know what the fuss is about. No, I haven't seen In Bruges. Okay. Thank you, guys. Uh, anybody that has the opinion that that Crippling Fear effect is good, don't watch in Bruges. You're not going to like it because you have terrible taste in general. Thank you for watching. Goodbye, friends. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening.